When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What to do, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast for everybody clocking those late night DFS hours. Week 10, I'm Chris Raybon of the Action Network. We're going to break down the three Iowan games, the London game on Sunday morning, the Sunday night football game and the Monday night football game from a DFS perspective. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to check out our player projections episode over on the Action Network podcast, our fantasy preview episode uh, with the main slate out right now on this channel. Here to help me break down each of these games, one of the most accurate fantasy rankers in the biz, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's up? What's up? Yeah, last week we were spoiled with two epic island games. Uh, this week, not so much. Uh, all three are kind of subpar, but I will absolutely be playing these and betting on these games. By epic, you're talking about this Jet Jets Charger game, right? Uh, oh yeah, that was <laughs> absolutely what I was thinking about. And then uh, they had the they had the option to flex out this Jets Raiders game, and they chose not to. What the hell was that all about? It's kind of intriguing, just because there's so much going on with you know the <laughs> Raiders, and you know the Jets are fighting for their playoff lives. So it's, yeah, it's not the worst game, but it would probably be a it probably won't be as entertaining as it seems uh, going into it. But oh. speaking of entertainment, uh, be sure to check out the Action Network Discord. I know Sean uh, is usually in there chopping it up, especially on Thursdays. So the link is in yep. the episode description. Uh, check that out. And uh, let's get to this early morning Germany affair. <laughs> Patriots, Colts, a lot of people saying Belichick. Coaching for his job right now. I don't know Ooh. if I believe that. I probably probably gets canned after the season, or just kind of gets like a mutual parting of the ways. Yeah, uh, I can't really see Kraft. Like you, I think you owe him that much, even though I've been saying for a while now that I feel like Belichick is getting exposed, um, not just mm. with you know what's going on in New England. And I like the minute that line hit three and a half with Washington last oh. week, I am like it was like a Tuesday. I was like absolutely give me all of it like this is <laughs> there's no way uh in in sure enough uh patriots shouldn't even been that close but uh, they are one and a half point underdogs against the indianapolis colts technically a home game for the patriots but uh we're back in germany 9 30 a.m eastern on nfl network uh sean we got some luck ranking and some interesting luck rankings here so the patriots are 24th so they've been pretty unlucky Colts have been pretty lucky, not surprising. They're 11th. So we do have a, a 13, uh, a differential of 13 and a gap of 15% in favor of the Patriots. Any thoughts on, on that? We're up on late to get lucky. 
Uh, no, I mean, it does. I mean, the Patriots have been awful, but it, there, there have been some games uh, where they were unlucky, especially earlier in the season. Uh, I think it was that the Eagles game. Um, mm-hmm. But the the luck total here, I'm all yeah. about that. It's it's the lowest of the week at minus 11. And I had projected um, the total being closer to like 41 and a half. And I think it's, is it still at 43 and a half? Um, Let me double check that because uh, you've been. You've yeah, been, yeah, it's, uh, it's still at 43 and a half. So yeah, yep, I so. was already projecting this a couple points lower and just seeing that. It has such a low luck total. It just makes me like it even more. And yeah, I could see this game being fairly low scoring. So I think this is definitely like an under I'm interested in. Yeah. And uh, with that in mind, who do you like in the captain spot? I like going with Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, I think we can finally uh, trust him as a you know potential captain play here because, you know, we, we saw him in a pretty even timeshare with Zach Moss since his return. But uh, in week nine, he became much more of the workhorse back uh, we knew and loved uh, from years past. Uh, we saw his rush share jump up to 60% and his routes run rate uh, up to 75%. And I think with, you know, Gardner Minshew under center, he's going to be more likely to check down to his running back than Anthony Richardson would. So, uh, you know, JT cashed in with a five catch 22 yard game with a touchdown uh, receiving. So, um, you know, that that bumps him up way up my rankings. He's my RB3 to, to open the week. So I, I think in this game especially, um, you know, he's he's a really good option in the captain slot here. Yeah, and if, you know, the total kind of goes under, it could be a little bit more of a run-heavy game script for both sides. I don't think either team has too much interest in letting their quarterback throw it 40 times. I mean, Mac yeah. Jones is up and down, mostly down. Gardner Minshew, uh, yeah, What's his record in his last, like, 15 starts? It's something pretty terrible, uh, <laughs> even though he got the win over the hapless Panthers last week. I'm sure the Colts rather lean on Taylor. I'm sure you see a, a little bit of an uptick from Moss, not necessarily because he eats into Taylor's snap share, but mm-hmm. uh, could, you know, as you mentioned, could be a low-scoring low, low score game, probably a run-focused run, uh, run game plan for both teams. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go Ramondre Stevenson here. I think, you know, people may be a little bit scared off by the fact that he hasn't had more than 10 rush attempts since week four, but his overall share of the carries, which is really how I like to look at it, you know, uh, share of the non-quarterback, share of the mm-hmm. design non-quarterback runs. That's kind of how I project uh, running backs each week uh, because it kind of removes some of the variance. And Stevenson's been 57% for the year and Zeke 39%. And, uh, you know, last week, Stevenson fifty-eight, uh, 56%, Zeke 38%. So uh, really, you really haven't seen much of a change in Stevenson's underlying usage. The Patriots have just been bad. And so they've been in passing game scripts, but so they're only underdogs by one and a half. It's essentially a coin flip game, low total. I think you see Stevenson uh, involved here. You're going against a Colts defense that is 23rd in DVOA against the run. And uh, Stevenson also tends to get the lion's share of the routes out of the backfield for the year. He's at 68% route participation uh, to Ezekiel Elliott's 35. And that's basically uh, how we saw it break down uh, last week. So uh, like Ramondre here to have a pretty, to at least lead the Patriots in mm-hmm. fantasy scoring. I'll put it that way. Uh, all right. Who do you like for value? 
Uh, I, I like Kylan Granson here. I think it's a good buy low spot. He's coming off a zero catch game uh, where he uh, he saw his routes run rate go back up to 54%. It's, you know, it's usually tough to trust any Colts tight end because there, there's so many of them. Uh, but he's really <laughs> settled in as the top one. Uh, and Andrew Ogletree has been sort of the number two. Uh, and last mm-hmm. week he was knocked out of the game, you know, with a foot injury. He's questionable this week. So if he's out or limited, it could lead to even more snaps and targets for Granson. We'll have to keep an eye on uh, Jelani Woods. I-, I don't know what's up with him. I don't know if he's returning anytime soon. Um, didn't, but didn't if, sound promising the last update I heard. It, oh, was okay. like, it was like he might return this season or he might not. So, I mean, like he, I think he's eligible to return any like now going forward. But the way I heard it, they were still yeah. – talking about him more and like will he even play this year so i mean exactly like, things could change we've seen weird things happen yeah. with injuries, especially <laughs> on these primetime games and uh we do record this a little bit earlier but you know before the final injury reports come out on right. friday so um don't don't hold us to that but from what exactly. i hear doesn't sound promising for uh mr uh woods yeah so if uh assuming he's out which i it's a fair assumption and ogletree's out you know granson could you know, top of 70% routes run rate. You know, they, they had Will Mallory inactive. Mo Alley Cox really hasn't been stepping up. So uh, Granson could have a sneaky game here. Again, coming off a zero catch game, I, I just think it's a good uh, buy low spot. In a game where there's not many, like, really good options, I, I think he could be sneaky. Yeah. Uh, Granson has been, you know, that kind of top tight end for the Colts. You know, it's a new uh, new regime. So, you know, they don't have any loyalties. Mallory's probably a guy that'll try to get some work you know, going yeah. forward, Douglas, um, uh, Ogletree as well. Uh, but, and Moe Cox probably getting phased out here a little bit. So, uh, Granson's been that top guy. Uh, for me, I'll go with the top receiver on the Patriots. And that is Demario Douglas, pop, the rookie, five catches each of his last two games. Solid game last week, uh, five for 55, I believe it was, uh, against the Washington Commanders. Like them last week, like them again this week, even if, Devonte Parker is back. I think Pop. This is kind of similar to that Texan situation, where it's like this guy Douglas stands out as the best receiver on the Patriots, especially with Kendrick Bourne out. Kendrick Bourne had played well this year, but there's a big hole you know, in that top receiver spot now, top pass catcher spot really for New England with uh, with Bourne out. And you've seen Douglas four more catches each of the last three games, seventy five percent or more of the. Pass snaps each of the last three games, uh, well over 80% last week. And he's also got a rush attempt in each of the last three games. Always like that. He's had a 20-yard run this year. Uh, and uh, overall the year, he's got four carries for 29 yards. So that's a nice nice average there. So it gives him a little extra uh, opportunity to potentially score some fantasy points. Uh, not expecting a ton of passing touchdowns in this game. So I don't know if Douglas gets there, but I think he's the best bet uh, for volume, especially, you know, maybe even, you know, Michael Pittman is obviously going to get a higher rank in, in projection, but the Patriots have been pretty good against number one receivers. So this could be a slower game for Pittman. Downs is banged up uh, for Indianapolis. So you might still have to look for to the Patriots for some for some value in the pass game. So I think Douglas is, is clearly the guy. Yeah, he's their clear number one receiver right now. Like you said, there might not be the touchdown upside, but he's sort of the you know, the Jacoby Myers role, Kendrick yes. born of this year. So he's going to, he has a really high floor, like, uh, you know, he could get five, seven catches here, but, uh, you know, on a slate like this, that, that is more than enough. 
What about dart throws? Who you got? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, they're okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with another tight end that didn't have a single catch last week. I'm going with Mike Gusecki. Um, You know, like I mentioned, that the with the Patriots wide, rec- wide receiver room decimated, uh, clearly, you know, Douglas is the top option. Um, you know, I expected them to to use their tight ends even more in the passing game, and that's that's what happened. You know, both Gusecki and Henry topped an 85% routes run rate last week. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Gusecki only saw one target and catch it, but, you know, the, the underlying usage is solid here. Uh, so, and, you know, he, he is a really good, you know, pass-catching tight end. So at some point he could break out, and I think this is the perfect time to kind of take a flyer on him, you know, single-game slate situation. So I think his roster ship should be fairly low uh, with the, the zero catches last week. But again, like not many tight ends are topping an 85% routes run rate. So, uh, you know, we can bank on the underlying usage at least. And hopefully, you know, that that results in a few catches here. Do you think if Parker's back, that kind of goes back to more of the season average though? Like with, because I like, I mean, two tight ends at 80 plus, like that's very rare. I think overall the Patriots had like what, like a, like 180 like percent routes run of tight ends. I think if you like add all, all of it up, um, but yeah. you think it's like he goes more like back to like 50, 60 if, uh, if Parker's back. I, maybe you like, extended Parker. Maybe by the way that. Oh really? Oh, I didn't. See I mean, that. you know, all before the season. You oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think I could see like you know around sixty, seventy. Yeah, maybe not eighty-five. Okay. But I don't think it'll go back down to fifty. I mean, even if Parker returns, the wide receiver room's a mess. I mean, they have Jalen Rager running around over fifty percent of the time, uh, and, and Thornton. So I, I think the wide receiver room, the situation's still a bit of a mess to where they they probably do want to use. Uh, Hunter Henry as well, and, and Mike Kosicki a bit more than normal. So I could see it going 60%, 65%, um, which is still good enough on a, a showdown slate. Don't forget about uh, Farrell Brown, too. He'll be uh, – Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bel- yeah. I'm sure – like, Belichick loves these, like, unsung veteran <laughs> guys. So watch uh, – I wouldn't be surprised if Farrell Brown continues to get snaps as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Alec Pierce. There's not too many spots in fantasy you've been able to use Alec Pierce. Uh you know, kind of a little bit of a, I guess you could call him a, I don't know if you call him a bust, but he definitely has that role where he's running a lot of clear outs. And mm-hmm. unless you're getting a defense that's going to play man coverage and, and, and you know, blitz uh, a, a little bit, Pierce is really not going to see that much production. But this is that defense for New England. You know, they uh, play man coverage at a top eight rate. Uh, they're no, they will send some pressure. Uh, and uh, if they also like to shut down opposing number one receiver that is something that has continued to be in the game plan for Belichick even you know amidst all the slander they have been doing a pretty good job of that they're number two in DVOA against number one wide receivers uh, according to FTN fantasy and they're number 27 against number two wide receivers so uh, I know Downs is technically the number two but the way I, I like to look at those numbers is you know kind of comparing the two perimeter options more most teams are going to have you know their number two be a perimeter guy so um, I think, you know, Downs could have a solid game, but he's a little banged up. So who knows if he's even mm-hmm. going to play, but, uh, Pierce, he's kind of the, 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 the true dart throw and, uh, his 41% of his targets this year have come against man coverage. Now Pittman only 30% have come against man coverage and Downs 32%. And then the tight ends are all lower than that too, except, um, O'Ali Cox, who's bare and hasn't played a ton. So I think Pierce could be. Uh, more involved in this spot than he's been 
most of this most of the season really his high for the season is only 53 receiving yards on three catches uh, i think he could you know set season highs in both of those <laughs> and he's coming off in another guy with a zero catch game <laughs> plenty week. of those guys Always, in this game yeah plenty of these guys in this game so <laughs> i mean hey that's why that luck total is what like 11 points below expected yeah. uh so uh, not expecting fireworks, but always love buying a uh, guy coming off a, a zero catch game and, and mm-hmm. the matchup is right for Alec Pierce. All right, let's go to Sunday night. Got the Jets going to Vegas. Let's make sure. Yeah, this line is one and a half in favor of the Jets. Huh. <laughs> are, huh. are we taking the Raiders? Is that... I'm a yo Antonio Pierce man that 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 was like one of my favorite uh giants from that you know when they were good mm-hmm. era um just I didn't even realize that he was um that high up in the in the coaching ranks for oh, the Raiders yeah. until he got promoted um I was like oh wow um but uh, yeah I would I mean I would <laughs> if I was back in the Jets let's put it that way I would be kind of uh <laughs> you know weighing a one and a half on the road or going across country with with Zach Wilson uh yeah i would be able to worry uh so uh this line might change by the time we uh you know everyone's listening even but right now vegas underdogs by one and a half the total's 36 luck rankings you have vegas at 18 and the jets at 12 so uh kind of both middle of the pack nothing there the luck total uh these teams have been going under by two and a uh, about just a little under three points. So mm. they're expected to go over They're They're about three points over, um, you know, what we would, uh, what they've actually been doing. So that's the fourth highest. Yeah. So you could see a few more, po- I mean, 36 is super low. I mean, Zach yeah. Wilson could, and, and O'Connell just like on sack fumbles alone could get you halfway <laughs> there in this one. So yeah, this is a weird line. I mean, I'm, Maybe yeah. Stucky's usually been doing a Sunday night, and I've been doing Monday night. I might have to trade with him and uh, <laughs> and write up this game because I don't know about these lines early in the week at least. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, yeah, just early. Maybe maybe I'll come around, but I just, I can't see Jets minus one and a half on a row. That doesn't make any sense no. to me. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we're going in the cap spot. Uh, I'm going with Brees Hall. Um, you know, he continues to see just uh, an increase in workload. Again, the training wheels are coming off. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, he didn't have a good game uh, against the Chargers. Chargers uh, run D, by the way. That, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't improving. read too much into that because I think I mentioned it last week. That Charger run D, like the last four or five weeks, has just been nothing like that one that was just getting exploited yeah. all year last year. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, Brees Hall – can overcome any matchup, but, uh, but again, you know, the, the, the selling point here is, you know, he's seeing an increase in workload. He saw 80% of the jets rush attempts. Uh, Michael Carter saw just a huge increase in routes run, uh, but that was mainly due to the trailing game script. You know, he's our two minute offense back. So uh, that was kind of the reason for that. So Hall should benefit from a closer game script. You know, this is essentially a pick em. Uh The Raiders rank 29th in DBO against the run. So, could see a big Brees Hall game here where, uh, you know, he breaks a long run, long catch, uh, one of those games. So I, I do like him in the captain slot here. Yeah, I think this is a game to, to target him. Uh, last week, I was a little down on him. I just, uh, that Charger Rundy, they, yeah. they finally got it together. And um, they were, 
able to slow him down in the pass game too, which really kind of hurt his yeah. overall production. But uh, this, you know, even with Devito playing for the Giants most of that game, Saquon Barkley, you know, still had a solid what was it, sixteen carries for ninety on the ground, and then uh, he caught three for twenty-three. So the great Raiders still gave up you know, ninety-seven rushing yards and twenty-nine receiving yards to the Giants backfield last week so Paul he's getting 75 percent or so of the yeah. snaps that should be a pretty pretty decent game for him uh this week uh I like Jacobs in a captain spot I think you know we know this Jets defense at this point what it is it's excellent against the past average against the run and rookie quarterback young quarterback uh, as much as I'm sure you'd like to you know start getting Devontae Adams a little bit more involved again. I don't think you can enter this this game with a pass heavy game plan. The Jets are number four in DVOA against the pass, twenty first against the run, uh, according to FTN. So uh, this is a run funnel defense, and uh, I think Jacobs. You know, he didn't really do much in the pass game last uh, last outing against the Giants, which makes sense. The Giants blitz a lot, play a lot of man coverage, so running back that usually you have to stay in the block more just not able to get into the routes quarterbacks throwing hot a lot more slot receivers and things like that but this week you know the Jets uh just those outside corners force you to go to other options in a pass game as well we've seen Jacobs have you know eight catch games in the receiving game so like him on the ground uh like him through the air as well uh in this one yeah, and he loves the coaching change. Did, didn't he give the game ball to yeah, Pierce after the game? So he's playing up. You know, sometimes this can happen where, you know, they, they change coaches and certain players step up for this this guy. So, yeah, Jacob seems to be, you know, playing with fire in his ass now, which is good to see. Have you, have you ever watched that show, The Game? Uh, it was like a, a show about, yeah. um, like, football uh, players and stuff. Mm. Well, Josh Jacobs reminds me of Malik on The Game, for oh. anyone, anyone who's watched that, so... Uh, nice. But yeah, it was it was kind of awkward to see Jimmy G like in the background. Yeah, all that was going on. <laughs> but hey, uh, you know, can't knock it. Love love Pierce, so I'm yeah. glad he's doing well out here. Uh, where where are you going for value? Uh, I'm going with Trey Tucker, uh, just because you know he went back to being uh, the the third receiver. He had the third highest routes run rate, uh, just barely over Hunter Renfro. But he you know he cashed in with two catches for 52 yards. Uh, he has big play upside and chemistry with Aiden O'Connell. You know, I'm I'm a huge Aiden O'Connell fan, and, you know, I think he's only going to get better. And, he, you know, they've been working with each other on the second unit uh, all through preseason, you know, at practice. So they do have good chemistry. Uh, O'Connell hit Tucker for a couple of huge plays in preseason. Um, and, you know, th- this is a tough matchup <laughs> against the Jets, not going to lie, but you can't really be picky on a one-game slate. Um, and, and Tucker's the kind of guy where he, he probably only needs a catch or two to, to, you know, be needed for a GPP lineup. So, um, I, I like, uh, Trey Tucker in the spot. Yeah. I think all the Raider, uh, secondary pass catchers are in play here because it's just, you know, Myers and Adams, you're expecting mm-hmm. to produce below expectations. So Tucker, Renfro, yeah, Renfro. Uh, Michael Mayer, you know, those guys, some, one of those guys gonna have to step up. Maybe even you see Amir Abdullah getting more catches, but, yeah. uh, passing game you know even if you are rostering O'Connell and stacking him you know, maybe best to include at least one of those lower end guys instead of you know just I mean Adams and, and Myers I'm sure will be somewhat contrarian in this spot but mm. uh, still I think 
um you know get, they gotta they gotta get some production from some other guys uh value i'm, I'm keeping it simple garrett wilson for me it's like mm-hmm. this there's no one else on the chest uh, <laughs> outside of hall and wilson i really want any part of uh right now uh for especially you know if i'm paying any significant amount of uh salary for so you know, wilson going against this raider defense it's been okay uh against the pass 15th in dvoa but they've given up and they haven't completely shut down top receivers. We even saw Slayton have a decent game last week for the Giants. Wandale caught a touchdown. So Garrett Wilson, really the only guy they can depend on in the passing game. And uh, a game where you're probably fading Adams and Myers a little more than usual. There's going to be uh, enough to pay up for you know whoever you want in the captain spots and still go uh, Garrett Wilson. Or you can put him in the captain spot as well. Uh, but either way, I like him as a value. Uh, who do you like for dart throws? Well, I'll try to take a swing at, uh, you know, Jets pass catchers. I'm going with Xavier Gibson here uh, because, you know, last week, uh, Randall Cobb was healthy, I think, uh, and he was inactive. So he was in a healthy scratch. And Gibson, um, you know, operated as the number three receiver. He had a 62% routes run rate, uh, had two catches for 32 yards. And he's the type of player that can be dangerous uh, with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, they give him one to two uh, design rush attempts a game. Um, and he's their punt and kick returner. If you remember, you know, he had the walk-off punt return yep. uh, in week one to, to beat the Bills. So, uh, and a slate like this, the, the total is, what, 36 and a half? Uh, stack him with the Jets' defense and special teams because, you know, if he returns a uh, punt or a kickoff, uh, that's, that's a double dip. And this is a slate where we want to be using – defenses anyway so love gibson's upside now that he's the number three receiver and to be honest lazard hasn't been playing well enough to be the number two uh he could end up being the number two receiver if he continues to play well but uh, i love his upside here in the the one game slate yeah yeah definitely uh i noticed that too it was cobb was a healthy scratch he's like gibson's overtaking him yep. they need some juice i mean they can't keep playing all these <laughs> ex-packers without without a rod uh yeah for dart throws, uh, I like, you know, I already mentioned a couple, you know, all those other Raider kind of secondary pass catchers. I think Michael Mayer, even though his route run rate took a little bit of a dip back down to 60%, it's still high, you know, still above Hooper, who had 40%. So I uh, like him. And uh, Renfro, I think, is interesting as well. You know, he started to come alive a little bit. Uh, and on the Jet side, got to be Michael Carter. They're mm. phasing out Dalvin Cook. They, I, I, if, if Abanaconda is active, this week definitely he would be my number one choice but he's still been a healthy scratch i at some point you got to figure they might scratch cook and just make izzy (laughs) active or maybe you know just make all of them active i mean they just need more juice more offense and he's he's explosive so if you're given he's the closest thing they have to Brees hall that's for Mm -hmm. sure so i would like him but if not gotta go just michael carter again again i you know i think this jets line is a little off i think the Jets could easily find themselves trailing in this game, and you might see another repeat of last week where Carter, a lot of dump-offs in, uh, you know, in comeback mode, hurry-up mode, and, and things like that. That's the one spot they're trying to get Brees Hall somewhat of a rest is, you know, if they're going you know, pass-heavy, if they're going two minutes, something like that. That's where they kind of give them some snaps off these days. And So uh, Carter, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping Israel Abanakandi gets – gets uh, activated for the first time that would be that'd be that would be, be sweet he's yeah. he's I mean, legit. They're, they're, they're doing they're you know they're starting they're deactivated Cobb, so you could see yeah. that yeah could see it next so definitely watch out for him 
With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's go Monday night. We got the Broncos at the Bills. Bills favored seven and a half. The total is 46, 8, 15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, ABC. Uh, luck rankings. This is one where we got a pretty big discrepancy. Buffalo mm-hmm. is 25th, so they've been unlucky. Uh, the, the Bills have been unlucky, and then the Broncos are 6th, so they've been lucky. So that's a, a difference of uh, like 19 and a yeah. uh, gap of about 20%. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you you would think that the uh, you know the Broncos would be the unlucky team because they're so bad, but it's the Bills. Um, what do you think about this spread? It's interesting, you know, because I think, I mean, I don't think the Bills are really <laughs> beating anyone by yeah like more than a possession. I know. I mean, I guess you know against that Bucks team, they got it was kind of a string of lucky events that led the Bucks to back into the cover. But Denver is coming off the bye, looked a lot better, you know, shut down Mahomes twice in three weeks. The defense has transformed. So, yeah, I mean, I get it kind of betting on a Buffalo bounce back spot. You know, good teams tend to bounce back after losses. Buffalo's down to five and four, but I don't think Buffalo's in great form right now. Uh, you know, the defense is still banged up. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd play – uh, Buffalo here. I mean, I, I, I would not play Buffalo here at seven, yeah. at the, you know, seven and a half or anything like that. I don't so. know if I could back Denver here either. Maybe you should switch and, and get the Sunday night game. Yeah. 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 Sunday <laughs> night game. Uh, it's, it's a little easier read at least uh, earlier in the week. Um, this one, um, you know, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty with Denver too. You know, this is only what game right. nine of Sean Payton of the Sean Payton era. That defense has made a complete flip over the last three weeks. So, a little bit of tougher one to handicap, but with all that yep. said, where are you going in the captain spot? Uh, well, I'm going to go with uh, James Cook here. You know, he is coming off a disappointing 39 total yard game, but he, he saw a ton of playing time over the first three quarters. He was like the true workhorse back, mixing in a lot more on third down than we're used to. Usually Latavius Murray takes those and the two-minute offense, but, um, you know, it led to him catching the ball four times. So, um, you know, it was... Murray, who took over in the fourth, uh, because it was a trailing game script and they were in the two-minute offense so much. So uh, in a game where, you know, they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, that's definitely a better game script for Cook. And, you know, the Broncos, like you said, their, their defense has been getting better. They still rank 31st in DVO against the run. This should be a better spot for Cook um, than most weeks. But 
Uh, I would expect them to have a fairly conservative game plan here and just lean on Cook and the run game. Maybe, you know, not have Allen chucking it deep, potentially turning it over. So this does just seem like a good Cook spot. I think his roster ship in the captain slot specifically might be, you know, a bit low. So I, I like going with Cook here as sort of a contrarian play in the captain slot. It's been disappointing for Cook. It's not that he's been bad, but that Buffalo offense, they, they're one of those teams that if at the slightest – like, you know, they get down three points. Yeah. It's like, all right, Josh Allen, go to work. Cook, like, forget. Don't cook. They don't let Cook cook, essentially. Yeah, let Cook cook. Yeah, man. I, in the captain spot, you know, I think he obviously could go Josh Allen here. But uh, mm. this Denver defense has been a lot better against quarterbacks. So uh, I do like going with a, a receiver and you know, maybe going with Josh in just a regular, you know, spot to save a little bit of a salary here. So I'll go with Dalton Kincaid. Denver is 26 in DVOA against tight ends, and Kincaid has really come on. Uh, you know, talked about this last week, you know, expecting him to continue this little breakout that he's having. And yet again, he put up a big game, his best game of the year uh, in terms of rece- uh, targets with 11, catches with 10, uh, and receiving yards with 81. So he's now got 65 or more receiving yards in each of the past three games, which for a tight end is is pretty great. So it's it's the year of the rookie tight end. We're seeing that. Yep. We saw Porter, Musgraves has been doing good, and Kincaid coming on really strong now. And he's caught almost all of his targets, 40 of 45 targets uh, he's hauled in. So if he gets targets, more than likely he's going to catch them. So I like him in the captain spot because you could see Sertan on digs and not that that you know anyone's gonna <laughs> slow down digs totally but uh just because you know the, the price i think kincaid uh, makes a lot of sense here all right where are you going for value yeah so i love the kincaid call you know obviously he's a stud with dawson knox out of the lineup uh, but khalil shakir is also yeah. benefiting from knox being out um you know the bills are just using way more 11 personnel so he's been out there a ton you know he's averaged a 75 percent routes run rate the past two weeks, uh, he's at three straight games now with four more receptions. Um, so he's just getting a ton of volume. And, you know, the Broncos ranked dead last in DVOA against the pass. So I think that Shakir, you know, he has really high floor, but also high ceiling um, where, you know, he could um, catch in five or more balls here. So on the single game slate, I love taking Shakir. Yeah, I'm going to stick with these, you know, Bills pass catchers. Again, not named mm. Stephon Diggs just because, <laughs> you know, like him to have a decent game, but, you know, compared to price, this, you would, you would project a little less value for him with the potential matchup with Sertan and this defense coming on. So I'm going to go with Gabe Davis here. You know, the Broncos are dead last in DVOA against number two wide receivers. Gabe Davis coming off a zero catch game, but he had nine catches and a touchdown, 87 yards on 12 targets the week before. So, we know Gabe Davis is a volatile fantasy asset. He has scored in five of nine games this season. He has 87 uh, or more yards in three three games this year. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's boom or bust. And I think coming off a bad game, uh, that's when I want to target him to have a, a good one. You know, he had one catch in week, uh, you know, three games ago, then – you know, last uh, two weeks ago, he followed that up with nine ca- with that nine catch, eighty seven yard <laughs> game. So, and then the you know the other time he had one catch in a game was uh, that week three against Washington. He came back the next week three for sixty one and a touchdown. So it seems like you know when he has a bad game, you know him and Josh 
at least try to get on get on the same page because mm-hmm. it, it's important for the defenses to, even if he's not getting uh, a ton of work week in week out it's important for the defenses to respect him and his speed and uh you know that opens things up for Kincaid and Diggs but uh, this week I think you do see some production from uh Davis so like him as well uh where are you going for dart throws Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, I'll go with Adam Troutman here. Um, you know, ever, ever since Greg Dulcich went down, you know, he's averaging a routes run rate around 75% of Russ's dropbacks. Now, he's not doing anything with them. He's not commanding many targets. Uh, but the Bills, you know, they've been vulnerable to tight ends ever since Matt Milano uh, went on IR. We saw the Bengals have three tight ends catch three balls last week, and they normally don't target any of the tight ends. So, uh, and we also saw Farrell Brown top 50 yards against them a few weeks ago. So this is the matchup for like all these scrub tight ends to come back from the dead, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Troutman could catch a couple balls here and shock some people. I, I bet his roster ship's going to be extremely low for a tight end running almost an 80% routes run rate. So I wouldn't have much of him again. He's a dart throw for a reason, um, but he's getting the playing time. And this has been a sneaky spot for tight ends recently. So, I'll have to go with Troutman here. Yeah, Troutman is – he's frustrating to project because just when it seems like he's <laughs> going to get, like, no catches and he comes back and <laughs> catches some balls. But, uh, yeah, he's he's locked in as that starting tight end as long as Dosich is out. Uh, I'm going to go with Marvin Mims Jr. I think you'll come – love targeting rookies coming out of the bye. Sean Payton has specifically said we're going to try mm. to get him more involved. I mean, we've, pro- we've heard that in the past, so – take that with a grain of salt, but it would make sense, you know, to, uh-huh. to get him more involved. And he had seen an uptick in his usage prior to the buy 45% and 41% route participation rates in the last two games. Those are season highs and Brandon Johnson went, uh, went on IR. So he was kind of splitting snaps with Mims as that you know, number three, number four receiver. He's now out. Looks like you know, Traquan Smith is probably going to take his spot. Uh, and with little Jordan Humphrey bumping up. So I think Mims could be, there's even a chance Mims gets all of the Johnson snaps or, you know, something like that. Uh, maybe not just because we've seen Humphrey kind of mix in, but coming out of the bye, uh, you might see a, the, the highest snap rate of the mm. year for Mims, explosive target. And, uh, you know, defense has to still pay attention to Sutton and, and, and Judy, at least somewhat. So uh, like Mims uh, as a dart throw. And also, I'll mention Fournette if he's activated. Mm. That would be interesting, just because they, yeah, like you said, they've seemed to they've been giving Cook a, little, a few more snaps. They seem to have gone a little bit away from Murray uh, from using him quite as much. So uh, you know, maybe Fournette is up. He at least can get you know that Damian Harris workload. It wasn't much, but you could see you know, four to five carries, maybe some work in the pass game, maybe even some goal line work if he's activated. So. Uh, another guy I would kind of look out for if he gets the elevation because he's on the practice squad. So we might not know till Monday if he's going Mm to play or not, but if he's active, I I think he's worth it as well. But Mims is the main guy for me. All right. That is going to do it. Be sure to check out the full list of luck rankings at actionnetwork.com for more fantasy content. Uh, Our player projections episode is out now over on the action network podcast channel, our fantasy preview episode where we break down uh, the main slate, is out right here on this channel, actionnetwork.com, for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. Fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Uh, and don't forget about the Action Network Discord server. Link in the episode description. Sean is on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybaum. 
or at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next week, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.